Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. On your home for the best Ravens coverage, it's time for News from the Nest with Vinny and Haney. Sponsored by Hillside Lawn Service, the experienced lawn care specialists. 105.7 The Fan. Hey, hey, 105.7 The Fan News from the Nest. Not exactly Ravens-related, at least for this week, but just tuning in. Team that beat Baltimore on Sunday. Cleveland Browns, they lose Deshaun Watson for the season. Getting shoulder surgery. So Deshaun Watson, who diced up Baltimore in the second half this past week at M&T, done for the year. The Browns host the Steelers coming up on Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Cleveland's still two-point favorites in this game. Spread, or the over-under, rather, is only 33 and a half. So, Kenny Pickett against P.J. Walker mm-hmm. in Cleveland. Now. Two well, last, six last, and three teams. Last time they played, Bob, I, I want to say Pittsburgh defense scored 14 points when they beat the Bengals. Or, I mean, the Browns. So, we'll see what Cleveland does. They improvise and adapt. Now, without their starting quarterback, they've been out without Nick Chubb for the vast majority of the season. But still, as we saw Sunday, a team capable of running the football. So, there's your uh, AFC North news. Let's get back to Baltimore. However, what are we talking about with Lamar Jackson from time to time? Inability to hit the deep ball. And we saw Zay Flowers running free, man. Even to the point where Odell Beckham had his hands up. Yeah, this could be a touchdown. Well, I missed. Signaling just like this. Number one up in the air. Well, it was an incomplete pass when it was all said and done. So, Lamar, what needs to happen to make these uh, throws touchdowns? Hit him. I mean, it's right there. I'm, I'm pissed off about it, to be honest with you. Um, I don't watch the game, and it's like, like it might be a difference in the game if you know if we connect with that one, you know. But um, gotta, gotta, can't dwell on it, you know. Um, hopefully this Thursday we, we catch them when we want them, you know, we – have success with the deep ball. Um, we connect, have chemistry there. But I, I believe it's there. You know, in practice, we, we do it all the time. You know, those guys catch the ball down the field, 40 yards, 50 yards down the field. Right. I mean, that's the thing. They you got to be able to transfer. The only – everybody's transferring it to the game other than Lamar. And Lamar, I mean, Bob, they're short, they're wide, they're long. I mean, nothing is ever right on. I mean, how – what is different? I mean, if you're, you know, in practice, maybe he's ten for ten. Then he's over, you know, when he puts when the game comes on. So you know, you got to figure out a way. You got to have, you know, you you got to have a target area that you're throwing to. And I, I just, I'm sure the coaches have harped on when harp get more air under the ball, get more air under the ball. 
And I don't know, for some reason in the games, he, he doesn't. Now, in the fourth quarter, Ravens have been outscored this season. One of the worst teams in the NFL. Sixth worst point differential in the fourth quarter in the NFL where they're best in the first. So they're starting strong, not closing things out. And Lamar was asked yesterday when he met with the media after practice what the offense and what he needs to fix late in ball games here. Finishing the game. When we got the ball, have control of the time, have control of the ball, keep being first downs until clock say zero and we up with the win. Improve at that. I mean, they got the running game to extend, yeah. you know, dominate time of possession. Yeah, and they just got to make plays. They got to find a way to make plays, you know, and um, and I, I keep going back to it. I mean, he's just got to do what Munkin calls. Don't try to do too much because, to me, he's trying to do too much. That's why he's taking sacks, Bob, because, you know, well, I can scramble around, you know, and, and teams are kind of, you know, figuring out how to kind of corral him. So, throw the ball away. First matchup between these two teams, Ravens win 27-24. It was week two of the season, and Lamar threw two touchdown passes, had a quarterback rating of 112.8. But, Lamar, what's it like facing a team for the second time? Depends. You know, if they run the same defenses and stuff like that, it might be, you know, but if they try to change it up, uh, we might have to get a feel for the game, you know, at the beginning of the game. Might not know how it starts off, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. I'm, I'm glad we're going to, you know, have these games going back-to-back, you know, after what happened Sunday. Yeah, he didn't get sacked in that first game either. Well, right. Right. And, you know, the big the big thing is, you know, they're going to – he's going to have time to throw the ball, Bob. He, they're going to give him some time to throw it. And the receivers are going to have opportunities to get open. He He's just going to – he, and and I, I totally believe he's going to hit him. I, I think he's got a chance to have a big game. He likes the national. I mean, this is his kind of game, you know, national TV. Everybody's watching, you know, you want to get back in the MVP hunt, all those kind of things. I think he's he's got a chance. And their linebackers, Bob, and their people aren't as fast as Cleveland's. So he should have more success running around. And, you know, that kind of goes back to the last time they played him, Bob, no sacks. Probably nobody can catch him. It's Vinny and Haiti, 105 7 of the Fan News from the Nest Woman Crush Wednesday. Roquan Smith, stud linebacker for Ravens, was asked about the rivalry and why it has become one of the more intense ones in the NFL. One, I think, you know, uh, switching switching ties where it's like, you know, both teams are winning. And I think when you're winning, that's what makes a, a rivalry more intense. Uh, so because when two teams losing or one team is losing, is not really a rivalry. Some may say it based off history. But far as it's just like within the last couple of years, I think it's just the winning, the winning both sides winning. I totally agree with that. I mean, yeah, I mean, if one team's got one win and the other's, you know, got five or six, you know, it's. What kind of rivalry is that? When both teams are good, that's that's right. When I was at Notre Dame, Bob, our, Miami was a rival. Why? Because we're both undefeated when we play. That that becomes the rival. I mean, there are some historic rivalries, though. Packers, Bears, Cowboys, Redskins, Ravens, Steelers, where it's a rivalry. Boston, New York, and baseball, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, where the games are just competitive. The Army, Navy, obviously, in football, but... The Ravens-Cincinnati's ramped up in intensity because as Roquan Smith, they're both good. And, you know, 
Maybe a trip to the Super Bowl could be on the line. Who knows? I mean, we'll see. I mean, Ravens beat the Bengals tomorrow night. Cincinnati might not even make the playoffs, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Hey, Roquan, you had 21 tackles against Cleveland. That must have been awesome. Uh, man, I don't really care, if I'm being honest. Like, I was more so concerned about the uh, W. Like, I tell you before, like, I could have, like, Seattle five tackles, and, like, we win, I'm happy. And that's what I truly care more about. It's not about statistics for me. Like, if I was into that, like, you would know. Trust me. I didn't, uh, like, watching the game, Bob, when it said 21, I said, what? Did you think, like, when you watched it, I didn't. I didn't. A lot of them are down the field. A couple yards yeah, down the field. Yeah. Sure. And he had big old number 53, you know, 305-pounder coming running right at him a lot of times. So, that was not a that was not an easy game. And Billy Callahan. You know, the O-line coach for Cleveland is one of the best O-line coaches probably, you know, in the league. Now, his son, Bob, is the offensive coordinator for the Bengals. So you don't think that he's telling him, hey, you know, here's what they had problems. You know he's doing that. And I believe Roquan Smith, by the way, when he says that. Oh, me too. I mean, you can look at the box score and it's a big glossy number, but he put stats together in Chicago. He wants to win. And he could have a thousand tackles. It's the one I guess he didn't make or they didn't make the play. Yep. In the fourth quarters, the Browns marched down the field. They got that game winning field goal. And Roquan says when it's time for redemption or it's time for a big game, I could be out hammer timing with the bobster and I'll be ready to rock and roll. Honestly, man, no. Like I always say it and like I say it sometimes like joking, but like I truly can play this game seven AM, twelve o'clock at night. Out of the bar at 2, 3 in the morning. Whatever you need, I'm here. Trust me. Real talk. Again, I believe him. Hey, hey, hey Bob, you now know how what? well he plays at leaving the bar? That's another story. Right. But if I was going to a fight, I'd want him with me. Oh, no doubt about it. I'm but standing look, behind him. Bob, I mean, just from listening to him talk, I mean, that's the guy that you want leading your defense. Yeah, he sounds like a dude that's going to be pissed off tomorrow night around 8.15 when they kick off. And and the other thing, Bob, is guys know they're on national TV. So they kind of ramp it up a little bit, too, for that. It's Vinny at Haiti, 105.7 The Fan. We'll come back, count some money, hopefully buy or sell. Talk about the big sports stories of the day, like Deshaun Watson out for the year with Cleveland. Dan Conley will talk about Brandon Hyde, winning manager of the year in the American League. Skip Shoemaker, by the way, won it for the Marlins in the National League. But we'll also talk about the upseason, offseason ahead, I should say, for the Orioles and Mike Elias. Business to tend to like, making this a better team. You win 101 games, you're loving life, but when you get swept in the playoffs, not so much. And we'll talk to Dan about that. And we're going to hear from Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow likes cigars. He likes hair. He likes winning. And he's got some things to say. We'll hear from him around 1240. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Are you buying? Great cash, homie. Or are you selling? I'm not going to buy into that crap. Penny and Haney. Sponsored by Window Nation. There's so much to love about the fall, especially the return of Window Nation's best offer of the year. Get two windows free for every two you buy. Plus, pay nothing for two years. Call 866-90NATION or online at windownation.com. 1057 The Fan here on this Woman Crush Wednesday. A ton happening in the world of sports. We'll get to as much as we possibly can right now, midweek style. Let's count that cash by itself. All right, Bob. The Dow's up 124. The S&P's up 9. NASDAQ's up 23. Under Armour, uh, DraftKings down 8 cents. And Under Armour's up a quarter. We'll get things started here in baseball. Uh, despite suffering a torn UCL this past season, Shohei Otani still expected to fetch a massive payday this winter. And it was once assumed that he would get the traditional, you know, 10 plus year mega million contract all the game stars get nowadays. But a recent report is floating around that says Otani and his camp could seek a short term deal with insanely high annual value, mainly because he won't be a pitcher in 2024. He'll just be, uh, you know, normal everyday MVP batter. Uh, But Bob, are you buying or selling that a short-term deal could work better for Otani. Oh, I'm buying it 100%. It's his second Tommy John surgery, if I'm not mistaken, in the last four years. He's going to win MVP. Brilliant offensive performer. But, you know, prove that you could still get it done with the stick. Get the arm healed. Start breaking out that 99, 100-mile-an-hour fastball in a couple years. Short-term deal. Cash it again. He ain't signing here, so who cares? Well, how about a little NHL action here? The Lightning off to an okay start this year, Mm -hmm. six, six, and four. One key player, though, he's been on fire. Nikita Kucherov leading the league in points at one point last week. He's since been passed or matched by a few other players, but still 23 points through 15 games. That's quite the stretch. Has him on pace to maybe surpass his career high from 2019 when he led the league with 128. Buy or sell, Vinny. Kucherov will end up leading the league in points for the second time in his career. I'll sell it. He gets hurt a lot. You know, and he misses time. So 
I I think uh, by the time it's all said and done, McDavid, Drysital, those guys, you know, Matthews, they'll be up there. And and the guy before he got hurt, Jack Hughes was leading in scoring. Now I don't know how long Jack's going to be out, but he puts up a ton of points. How about a little college football here? The Texas A&M job is wide open now after they moved on from Jimbo Fisher, which means a handful of notable names around college football have been linked to the vacant job, one of which was Oregon's Dan Lanning. However, he quickly put those rumors to bed, at least for now. He adamantly shot it down, said, why would I want to leave here? I've got everything I want here at Oregon. And look, I mean, they're thriving in his second year as head coach. They've got a potential path to the college football playoff. But Oregon does have recent history of some of their coaches jumping ship for bigger paydays elsewhere. Bob, are you buying or selling that Oregon will be able to hold on to landing? I'm selling it because usually where there's smoke, there's fire. All of these guys who are linked to other jobs eventually move on to another destination. Maybe not that particular job, like, for instance, Texas A&M. I don't know what kind of cake UCLA has. I would think it's not as much as Oregon. They're cheap. So if Chip Kelly does get whack attacked there, if they get blown up by USC, would he be interested in lateral move in regards to what the status of the programs would be? But if there's smoke, as we said, there's fire. So there must – how does the – do agents throw this out there? Oh, yeah. I mean, you just can't go, all right, I'm king of Texas A&M. I want that guy. His name pops up for a reason, I'm guessing, right? No doubt. So, yeah. He'll leave sooner or later. No doubt. And it'll, it, Bob, the AM deal, depending on who it is, probably 10 years, 100 mil, something like that. And they're giving Jimbo 77 to not coach. Hello. Best job in the and world. And they got to pay out the whole staff, too. So. All right, we'll get a little NFL action here. The Patriots uh, made a move earlier this week. They waived cornerback Jack Jones. Now, if you're wondering why does that name sound familiar, well, he was a fourth round pick. Uh, in 2022, only played in 18 games over the past two seasons, but had quite a bit of legal trouble off the field. Uh, a gun charge earlier this year was something in an airport. That was him. Oh, yeah, he was uh, going home for uh, like after um, minicamp or something, and he right. had, got caught with a gun. So he was able to, to hang around. The Patriots kept him to start the season, but apparently – Performance on the field, amongst other things, spiraled out of control, so they ended up waving him. Bill Belichick didn't reveal much, as he usually does, just said it was time to move on. Uh, he has since been claimed by Vegas, though, actually reunites him with Antonio AP. Pierce, who was, oddly enough, his high school coach, or one of them, when he was a high school kid. Uh, buy or sell Vinny, a change of scenery could turn things around for Jones. Yeah, I'll buy it. You know, I mean, the, the big thing is, He's got a coach that believes in him, will play him, likes him, you know, so it's his best opportunity. Also, Jack Jones sang the theme song to The Love Boat way back when. You can look it up. Is, Is there it, a Jack Jones in the, like, the Arthur Jones family? Like, former Raven is John Bones Jones. Don't they have, like, a Jack in that family? Well, there's Chandler, there's Bones, there's Arthur. I, I don't know if there's maybe a, a cousin Jack. I don't know. Maybe it's Shemp. Shemp Jones, the long <laughs> hey, lost Joe. Bob Dorian Thompson Robinson is starting Sunday. Oh, ah, DTR. Yes, that over under is coming down even of further. UCLA. Yes. We set that at twenty five. 
Uh, I tell you what, it's time, about time for our second giveaway of the afternoon. Two more tickets to see Green Day on the Saviors Tour. It's happening next summer. And July 29th in particular, they'll be at Nationals Park. Tickets are on sale right now, courtesy of Live Nation. But I got a pair to give away right now. I'm looking for caller number 6. 410-583-1057 for two tickets to see Green Day next summer. Get in here, Paul Blair, number 6, 410-583-1057. Speaking of the Orioles, when we come back, Dan Conley, Sports Not. Talk about Brandon Hyde winning manager of the year, Gunnar Henderson, rookie of the year. Now the offseason starting to percolate a little bit. Who gets pay raises in arbitration? Who are the names that could be dangled to improve the team? I'm guessing the Orioles are going to need a closer. Where is that coming from? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Taking sports to a whole new level. 1057 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. Woman Crush Wednesday. You pick the songs. Favorite female artist or band will play it. Send that song request. Nolan McGraw. He's ready for you. Bob Haney, Vinny Serrato, Brandon Hyde got an award. Pretty significant one at that. Same with Gunnar Henderson. Here to talk about that and more. Covers the Orioles at Major League Baseball for Sports Nut. He's our longtime friend. He's on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Let's welcome back to the show Dan Conley. Dan, good afternoon. What's happening? Hey, gentlemen. How are you guys today? Good. Doing all right. And a couple parter here to start it off with Brandon Hyde winning American League Manager of the Year. First of all, are you surprised? Secondly, are you surprised that it wasn't unanimous? And thirdly, the fact that he got it from his peers two years in a row, what does it say about how he might not be as respected in the annals of, say, some of the fans who question moves from time to time? But it seems as though that sporting news two, two years in a row, his peers certainly understand what he's accomplished here. Absolutely. Listen, fans, for the most part, they're, they're going to dislike their manager. <laughs> I mean, not, not always, obviously. And if you have a guy who's taking your team to three World Series or something like that, if you have Bruce Bochy, you're, you're probably not going to dislike that. But you're going to, you know, being a fan, you're going to criticize some calls and things like that. And, and being a manager is so much more than the decisions you make on the field. And I mean, you know, obviously that's part of it. And that's the part that we all see and we all criticize and we all second guess, but being a manager means so much more. And really what it means to me anyway, is, is being able to kind of take guys from, you know, 26 guys from different places, from different backgrounds, from different cultures with different languages and put them all together and kind of have them pulling on the same rope and, and playing as one and getting along and playing for each other. 
And that's what Brandon Hyde has been excellent at, in my opinion. Uh, I think he's one of the better ones that I've seen in that. You know, Buck Schultz was very good at that as well. He kind of pulled it as us against them. For, for Brandon Hyde, I think it was just all of us can do this if we just all come together. And he has done a wonderful job, I think, of building that chemistry, of really letting the, the players not only, you know, he does not only believes in them, but they believe in him and that, that he's got their back. And I think that is a, a really important ingredient in being a manager of the year. And I think other managers see that, you know, because it's not easy and it's not easy in American League East. So I think that not only the, uh, you know, the, the peers see it, but the guys who cover the game, the people who cover the game see it too. And I was not surprised he won. I had a vote this year for manager of the year. That was the one I was assigned to. He was my guy. And then Cash and Boats, you were two and three for me. And I think that, that it, you know, should he be unanimous? I mean, I don't know. Cash did a heck of a job. Bochy did a heck of a job. Um, and you don't get a lot of – you don't get 30 sports writers to agree on many things, to be honest. But overall, I think it was well-deserved, and I think he should have been, you know, by far the leader. All right, let's put our time machines to work here, Dan okay. Conley. Let's go back to 2021, for instance. If I say to you three years later – or two years later, we're talking about Brandon Hyde not only winning manager of the year, still being the manager of the Orioles, would you have been surprised at the turn of events given the fact that they had really fallen on some hard times there? I think I I would be surprised just simply because when you start a rebuild, it's very rare for the manager who starts the rebuild to be the manager that finishes the rebuild. And one of the reasons for that is usually a general manager, if he comes in with a manager especially, has more years on his contract than the manager does. So when the rebuild is not going well and there's getting a lot of losses, someone has to take the fall. And the general manager is not firing himself. So the first fall, usually that first domino usually is the manager. If it's not, you know, a hitting coach or something like that previous to that. So I did not necessarily think that this, you know, rebuild would be ready to go in four years. And so therefore I don't think I really thought that Brandon would be here at the end of it. Um, But when we saw the way, the way they were responding under Brandon last year, then yeah, I could envision this now, but in in 2018 and 2020, probably not. Dan Conley, sports not joining us here. Vinny and Haney, 105.7, the fan talk about some roster maneuvering as we talk about the off season, as the birds are looking to uh, add to the uh, back-to-back winning seasons, 40 man roster now sits at what? 36 got the rule five draft, which the Orioles have always been a a participant in, but they had to protect some dudes. Are you surprised that the protection didn't include some fancy names here? Well, no, because I think the way they do it is you, you don't add a guy to the 40-man roster until you have to, right? Because of clock, because starting the clock and, and doing all of that. And a lot of the guys that were on the, you know, that, that were the top prospects that would have been added this year already made the team. Right. So you look at guys like Kowser and Kerstad, they, they would have been up this year um, to, you know, to be added to the 40-man roster, but they were already on the 40-man roster. So they didn't have to do that. And, I mean, I guess you know, Hudson Haskin is a guy who's had some success and that had some struggles, and he probably was the, the, I don't know, the biggest name perhaps that was not added uh, to the 40-man. But, again, you know, you, what teams have to do for the Rule 5 is they have to select a guy and keep him all year. And if the Orioles deem that that player is not necessarily ready for that, 
then they feel like they can you know get him through. And they were able to do that with players in the past. And I think that they're just looking like that. Listen, someone's going to take somebody from the Orioles in the row five because they have a very deep system. And so somebody is going to go, I'm sure. But um, that person may be back by, you know, mid-March. And that's usually how this kind of thing works. Very, very few times per year does a player stick, you know, all, all season with the, the, through the Rule 5 and stay the next season. Hey, uh, Dan, you know, Craig Council got, what, uh, seven, what do you get, like six, seven million a year, something like that? Yeah, you eight know? million, I believe. Yeah, right. Eight, eight million a year, and what's Hyder make, like 300000 You know, isn't it no. time for him to walk into, uh, you know, Angelos and say, you know, hey, you know, pay me? Well, here's the deal, and and I, I take this on myself and and on the the other members of of the media, the V crew. Uh, we have no idea what Hyde's current contract is, and we have no idea what Elias's current contract is. I believe they both got extensions, and I believe that they're probably being paid fairly well now, um, but we don't know. It's become the state secret. It was not, you know, we we did not find it out in the beginning in 18 when they were hired. And despite my efforts, <laughs> um, multiple efforts, uh, we do not know. Um, you know, Brandon Hyde is not on his original contract. It was three years and an option, and he's on his fifth season. So he's not on his original contract. I don't know when that was extended. Mike, we believe, was two years ahead. It was a five-year deal, we believe. And so Mike would be at the end of that. Um, I asked this question during the you know the, the post um, conference after the playoffs specifically to Mike, you know, can you tell us what the situation is with your contracts? All he would jokingly say is, "We're here for next year. I promise you that." But he wouldn't go into it, so we don't even know how much money. Um, but I, my guess is, Vinny, that that discussion has already been had last year, and my my guess is that he's not on a one-year deal at this moment. Now, uh, Dan, explain to me why the Orioles have three first-round picks in the draft this year. Okay, well, they we assume they're going to because there's a competitive balance pick, which means teams with, with less money uh, get this extra, uh, extra pick probably in the 30s or 40s. Then they have their own, which is the, uh, probably, I believe it's the 25th uh, pick. And they'll get one more in the, in the 30s, and that's because in a new CBA signed two years ago, well, what would be two years ago now, uh, they had a, a distinction for rookies of the year. And if you finished in first and second in rookie of the year voting and you started the season with that team, you know, in the majors with that team, then the, the team gets an extra pick uh, after the first round. So it'll be in the 30s, something like that. The reason they did that, was because there was a lot of discussion and problematic situations with players who were being held back through, you know, several different markers, whether it was through arbitration marker or whether it was through rookie marker, kind of pushing those guys back. And they weren't debuting. Those you know, guys who were ready, rookies who were ready, weren't debuting until May, until June. And so they thought that it would be much fairer if they debut, if they're ready, they de- debut in April. So they gave an incentive to the teams, hey, you take your stud rookie and you put him in and he's on your opening day roster and he plays throughout and he wins rookie of the year. He finishes second. He gets a, a full year of, uh, of service time, but also 
he also the team gets a ex, extra pick, and that's what the Orioles got this year for for uh, Gunner winning the Rookie of the Year. Dan Conley, Sports Dot, joining us, Vinny and Haiti, 1057 The Fed. All right, Dan, next phase of the Orioles offseason includes what? We know arbitration figures are going to be exchanged. Anthony Santander, according to MLB Trade Rumors, is going to get a pretty hefty raise, as are others. So what's next on the agenda for Mike Elias? And, you know, I'm guessing Bradish might get some Cy Young uh, recognition here. But what's right. next for Elias as the Orioles look to maintain their spot as contenders in the American the League? Next- the next big one is Friday. I believe it's 8 o'clock, uh, and that is the deadline for tendering a contract to arbitration-eligible players. The Orioles have, I believe, 16, 15 or 16 of those, uh, including some pretty big names, like you mentioned, Santander, actually the entire outfield, um, and several other players, John Means, um, a couple of the relievers, Cologne is one of them. And so they have to make a decision on whether they're going to tender them a contract or allow them to become free agents. And some of the guys who they may not tender contract include, like, say, Dylan Tate and Keegan Aiken, guys who really did not perform or were not healthy this year but are, are due a, a fairly, you know, a, a jump in salary because that's the way the arbitration structure is. Uh, Jorge Mateo is another name to, to watch. Ramon Urias is another name to watch. So the Orioles have to decide whether they want to tender these guys' contracts. As for a guy like Santander, Santander they're going to offer him a contract. Whether they trade him or not, they're certainly going to have that contract offered because if they don't trade them, they'll hold on to them at whatever that, that uh, salary figure is. The arbitration exchange isn't until January, but uh, right now the big, the big hurdle is whether they you know, give their arbitrary tender to all of these guys. And it's also something interesting to watch on other teams because there's going to be some interesting names on other teams that do not get tendered that the Orioles may try to get in a, in a balanced situation. Dan uh, Conley, tell everybody what's happening at Sports Not, as it's never an off-season in baseball. Or any it's sport. Never. I'm getting matter. ready yeah. to put up. Yep, never off-season. Getting ready to put up uh, probably today, I mean, tomorrow and the next day, uh, one move that each major league team should make uh, during this off-season, whether that's signing a specific player, trading for a specific player, uh, extending a player, whatever. Basically, one move for each of the 30 teams, American League tomorrow, National League on Friday, and just specifically what each team needs to do to get better this offseason. Dan Conley, appreciate the time as always. Happy Thanksgiving to you and the family. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, Dan. You got it, fellas. Take care. There's Dan Conley, everybody. It's Vinny at Haiti, 105.7 The Fed. We'll come back here from Joe Burrow. Got NFL lunch coming your way at 1 o'clock. Brandon Hyde met with the Big Bad Morning Show today. We'll have that for you at 1.15. And then Vinny's film breakdown of the Ravens' defense. Hey, the Ravens' offense at least scored 31 points. The defense, however, yeah. What are you drinking? Vinny. Cake bread, Chardonnay. Haney, McUltra. Vinny and Haney. 105.7 The Fan. Woman Crush Wednesday. What do you got going on here now? Evelyn Champagne King. Oh, I like her. Jamming out to her. Anybody else you want to listen to on this day where we celebrate the lady artists and bands? 410-583-1057 is the number. Pick a song. Nolan's going to play it for you. We got NFL lunch coming up top of the hour. Talk about the news of the day in the NFL. Like Deshaun Watson out for the season. And what is it? Um, Thompson Robinson's going to start. Yep. Not PJ. DTR. 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 Yep. Now DTR faced the Ravens. 
in uh, October. Did not go well as the Ravens win that game handily. But now that Watson's out, DTR is going to get the start at home against Pittsburgh. Yeah, they they were saying, reading the article, they were saying that, you know, he's been practicing well. And, you know, he got – you make a big stride from one game to the next. And, you know, I mean, he got his taste, and then he went back to work for, what, three or four weeks. And so they probably feel like they got a better uh, – I mean, they feel like they got a better chance to beat Pittsburgh with him. Spreads two, still in favor of Cleveland, 33-and-a-half over under. We get to the whole slate of games for week 11 coming up here later in the show. So plenty happening in the National Football League. Now, Joe Burrow met with the media ahead of this game with the Ravens. Huge game for both teams. Probably bigger for Cincinnati because if they lose, they're 5-5. Five five. They're 0-3 in the division. They're 1-5 in, in the AFC. But for the Ravens, they lose. That's their third home loss of the year. Yeah. And it'll be their third straight loss in the AFC North. So there's some input, the importance there. But the Ravens have built up a little bit of equity. We're seven and four. Sounds a hell of a lot better than five and five does. But eight and three, five and five. Cincinnati's now in big trouble. Yeah. And the Ravens still have some working to do. But here's uh, Joe Burrow. Cincinnati last week at home against Houston. Ebbs and flows, ups and downs, gives and takes. There's your uh, phrases. But Burrow threw a couple of picks. They wound up losing at the end. And Joe Burrow talked to the media about, hey, you got to just move on from the loss there. You just got to put it behind you quickly. You know, there's no time to really sit and reflect too much. You know, coaches are starting the game plan right after the game. Uh, and then, you know, Monday we're right into it. Monday's a, a Thursday uh, and today's a Friday. So, you know, you just got to put it behind you fast and move on. Yeah, and um, thing about it is uh, that's why I think having a Thursday game when you lose and you have a couple, you know, bad throws, bad plays. He did make some great plays too, um, but you get right back on a horse. You know, like he said, <clears throat> yesterday was Friday. Today's Saturday. They're flying in today. I mean, just think about it. They'll be in our hotel this afternoon. Enjoying lovely downtown Baltimore, I'm sure. But speaking of Baltimore, first time these two teams played. Ravens hold them off 27-24. So what do you remember about that one, Joe Burrow? You know, I wasn't obviously feeling my best at that point. No excuse. didn't quite have my full full toolbox. But uh, I thought we did some good things in the second half, like you said. You know, first half, we didn't have a ton of plays. They did a good job. You know, we, we found some explosives in the second half. That's what we have to try to do. They do a great job of limiting those explosive plays, and you have to try to find them because they're they're going to do a really good job on offense, keeping the ball, scoring points, so we're going to have to do the same. Well, that's – I mean, the biggest thing is kind of like Joe said, they need explosive plays, and Mike McDonald's, they don't normally give up explosive plays, and he's done a good job against Cincinnati and Burrow not giving up, you know, the home run. Like the one game, Bob, I remember when – what, since he scored – remember when um, – Chase went 80-some yards on a third-down play, yak yards. That was two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they've done a good job. Mike has done a good job, you know, um, holding them down. And like he said, you know, they're going to try to run. Cincinnati is last in the league in rush defense. Last. You know, so hopefully the Ravens have a – Really nice, you know. I don't think they'll do as much as Michigan did, run it thirty-four straight times. But right. you know, I think ground and pound is probably in store. 
Ravens secondary features a bunch of standouts, and one guy in particular leads the NFL in interceptions. That's Gito Stone. Joe Burrow recognizes what's happening at the back end. Yeah, they they do a great job, you know, within the structure of their defense. They they know what quarterbacks are trying to trying to look at to try to figure out what coverage it is, and they know exactly how to position themselves and their hips and their feet to make that hard to to know. And he does a really good job. They they definitely do a good good job disguising. The funny thing is, is Geno Stone leads the NFL in um, interceptions. Bob, he doesn't even start. He's not a starter anymore. He was 20 snaps below uh, yeah. Marcus Williams last yeah. year. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if that if that holds up. You know, and he should have had another pick, you know, on that Hail Mary. He and Hamilton were fighting for it. Um the interception. But it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. But, you know, the point that Joe Burrow's making is is Ravens usually do a hell of a job disguising, you know, their coverages and stuff and they're going to have to because you know, I mean, if Humphrey, I can't see Humphrey playing with a calf. I don't think a calf comes back in three days. Kyle Barber thinks he's playing. Yeah, I hope he does because they, they could use him because the drop-off between he and Rocky Sin is huge. I think Rocky Sin go out there and he's got a red jersey on, you know. Joe Burrow will be lit up. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fed. And finally, Joe Burrow talks about that inside linebacker duo that Baltimore throws at you every week. Yeah, they do a really good job disguising coverages, disguising pressures. You never quite know what they're in pre-snap. That makes it tough. They're tough physical players, fast. You know what they're trying to do. Yeah, except last week they gave up a ton of stuff in the middle of the field. There was a lot of communication mistakes last week, I thought. Um, but they are, if if they're not the best duo in the league, they're right up there But because they are. They're fast, they're physical. And we'll talk about it in the film stuff, but I didn't think that uh, Patrick Queen tackled very was missed way too many tackles, you know, in that game. And and um, you know, with with Roquan, I mean, he had a a good game, but it wasn't a great game in my mind where he's making a bunch of impactful plays. And those two normally do. They're usually in the backfield making sacks and stuff. And hopefully, when they're blitzing, that they're timed up. I mean, the timing and the blitzes and stuff last week, it just was off. You know, where the week before, everything was on. You know, bam, bam, bam. You know, it was so impressive. And this past week, it was like, eh, they weren't tackling well. They were lunging. You know, so they got to get get their A game back. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7. The fan college football playoff rankings came out last night. Georgia, number one. Ohio State, two. Michigan, three. Florida State, four. Washington, five. Oregon, six. Speaking of Michigan, they're in College Park Saturday at noon, taking on Maryland. Terps are bowl eligible after beating Nebraska. Wolverines are 19-point favorites in that ball game. Looks like Chip Kelly could be out at UCLA if they lose to USC coming up on Saturday, two teams out West going in the opposite direction. Now, Bob, let me ask you this. If I mean, Mich- both of them are sucking down the street. If Michigan beats Ohio state are both in. Well, if Ohio state to be undefeated, that'd be their only loss. Yep. <sighs> and you got an undefeated Washington team, undefeated Florida state team. Yeah. Georgia, we're Georgia. assuming it's going to be undefeated. Uh, loser. Well, I don't know. That's going to be an interesting conundrum. Because what they were saying, Bob, is... Because you know Alabama's like, hello. Right. Hello, we're Alabama. And Texas. Well, Texas saying, hey, we beat Alabama at Alabama. Scoreboard. They said there's like, Bob, this is the first year there's 
you know, like eight, nine teams that really have legit shots. And James Madison, you're trying to get in a bowl game being undefeated. It's video at Haiti, 1057 The Fed. NFL lunch coming up next. Brandon Hyde was on the Big Bad Morning Show earlier today. And we're going to hear him as he talked about winning manager of the year in the American League. First Oriole to do that since Buck Show Walter did it nine years ago. And then we got Vinny's film breakdown of the Ravens defense. What went wrong against the Cleveland Browns as they lose 33 31 the offense did serve a touchdown on a silver platter to cleveland but where was the defense when they needed a stop in the fourth quarter this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.